Good morning, and welcome to Emmanuel Christian Community. My name is Jeff, uh, and I'll be helping facilitate this morning. Um, I actually just wanted to say uh, that you are welcome here. Um, you're welcome here, yes, because I'm saying that, and I hope I come across as a nice guy. I hope I live that out most times. Um, good, good high percent of the time. But you're welcome here, um, as I was praying this morning, because the Lord welcomes you here. And because there's a depth of that welcome that goes far beyond a nice guy in a white shirt that's welcoming you here this morning. Um, And my hope is actually that that you would feel that depth of welcome, not because I'm saying it, uh, but because the Lord welcomes you. And that there's an expansiveness to that welcome, whether this is your first time setting foot in a church or in a manual, uh, or you've been here a hundred times. And I know that sounds a bit mystical and vague, I appreciate that, um, but I hope that you feel some sense of welcome that goes beyond just me saying you are welcome here. Some of you have commented, it smells weird here, in here. Uh, we don't light incense all the time. In fact, I don't know if we ever have, um, but there's this idea, incense is used in both Old Testament, New Testament, and throughout the world in churches. Um, I've been feeling weak at different points during this summer. Um, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And one of the ideas behind incense is that we light it in some ways because it's a collective way to connect our prayers together. It's a sensory way to, in some ways, hold up those who are feeling weak and maybe unable to pray or feeling just a little bit low to those who are feeling maybe more strong in the Lord and able to pray. And, and it's a kind of a way to collect together our prayers because it joins us together and and there's lots of other symbolism behind incense but for me that's why I'm lighting it this morning to connect us all in a a, maybe a different way and this Sunday is going to look different Um, a couple of years ago there was um, there were a couple Catholic leaders that got together in, in the lower mainland here to try to answer the question what would it take for young adults young specifically this was young Catholic men to not leave the church once they graduated high school, once they were no longer forced to attend church on a Sunday morning. Um, and they, they had breakout rooms and facilitations on this, this topic. And I know that parents in this room have wrestled with this topic. I know that youth leaders in this room have wrestled with this topic. And uh, ultimately what they came up with was that if we could figure out a way to help equip these young men to hear the voice of God, that that would be an experience um, that would keep them engaged in the church. And uh, I've been a part of camp ministry for probably 15 years now, in leadership roles at least. Um, and as I heard that from this guy, Brad, um, who's invited in to kind of help facilitate some of this, um, you know, I kind of thought to myself, this is actually, in some ways, one of the only goals that I have had uh, as I've been a part of camp leadership, was to create and try to facilitate an experience and, and, a, and a community that could workshop together. How is it that we could, uh, in some ways, learn and workshop together how to hear the voice of God or make that a normative experience, how to hear the voice of God um, together? If you don't mind putting up the first slide. Because this is uh, actually the second slide now. Because really, um, and I'm just picking out one verse here, but this, I could fill the entire Sunday morning with scriptures uh, that go on and on and on about the, Jesus, the Lord, saying, my sheep can hear my voice. 
I'm going to read this. This is a collection of, of two uh, verses here, or a couple sets of, of scripture. The man who enters, enters the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls out his uh, own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought uh, out his own, he then goes on ahead of him. And, he is seen, uh, sorry, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they uh, will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I uh, know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. I have been given visions, both waking and asleep, of the young men and women uh, with whom I've had the chance to do ministry with, literally hanging on the side of a cliff. And I've asked God, why are they hanging on the side of that cliff? And he said to me, because you cannot change uh, Christian consumption culture. You cannot change Camp High. You cannot change all of the exciting things about camp that are so good. But what you can do is help walk alongside people so that they can learn to experience the voice and the presence of God. And I think that's kind of why we're gathered here on Sunday mornings, right? So we can learn to experience the presence and the voice of God. So that's kind of what today the big idea is going to be like if you want to go to the next slide. Uh, I've kind of become stumped at how to do this um, as a normative part of Christian community. But I really don't think that there could be any more important idea than how to cultivate an awareness of the presence and a desire to hear his voice. Uh, the other day, or sorry, it's now about three weeks ago, I was coming up on an escalator in Los Angeles airport, and uh, there was this piano in the airport for some reason, in Los Angeles, it's probably a pretty L.A. type of thing. And there was these kids, and they were banging on the piano the way that kids do. Um, and in their minds, because it's true, they were making music. They were very seriously banging away on this piano. And of course, it sounded awful. But for them, they were banging away on this piano. They were just doing it. In some ways, not totally, uh, not totally the same. When Matt leads worship up at Camp 6, he invites kids, after they've kind of sat with him and jammed with him during free time to come up and play the instruments. They don't have to wait till they've graduated to a certain level of maturity or a certain level of musical ability. They can come up and there's this generous welcome to play the instruments that are given to them. If you hand a child a paintbrush, paint, and a blank piece of paper, they will paint. They don't need to wait until they have reached a certain level of artistry. They just do it. And I think sometimes we hide behind certain things because we want to wait until we've reached a certain level of maturity before we can kind of run at things. But I think churches, when they're functioning at their best, we can kind of be like those kids banging on that piano. We can create these communities, whether this is your first time here or your thousandth time at Emmanuel, where we can be like those kids in a safe place um, to bang those pianos and to figure out how to make music together. Admittedly, this is a topic that I hold closer to me than I would like, uh, and I'm fighting my own temptation this morning to overteach, but I think today is more about banging on a piano together. Um, so we're going to have to let go of a little bit of time. We're going to have to let go of a little bit of our own structures. We are going to dismiss the kids in a second, but I think being, having kids amongst us for some of this makes a lot of sense. I'm going to give you three metaphors, three platforms that I think kind of work. I'm calling them platforms because I think there's probably some steps in between there that we don't have time this morning to kind of work through. But the first image that I want to give while the kids are here with us 
is that listening to God's voice and cultivating an awareness of God's presence is maybe a little bit like walking in a wild garden or a forest versus a treasure hunt. It's not kind of this idea that you kind of figure out all of these right steps and eventually you will find the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Now I'm really mixing my metaphors. You will find the treasure at the, at the, the right end if you get all of these clues right and you will now hear the voice of the Lord perfectly but it's a little bit like walking through a wild African garden where there's smells, where there's all of these flowers, where there's these birds that you don't know how to name, but your senses get awakened. And one of the reasons why it's so great to do this amongst friends is because they too can help you point out things. Did you know that kind of bird existed? Look at this insect down there. Look at this type of tree. We were just doing rock collections with Fred and his mind and his ability to memorize the different types of rocks Fred is a guy you want to walk through a wild garden with. Maybe it's kind of like the Garden of Eden, but not the Garden of Eden that are often presented in, you know, Bible, uh, kids' Bible verses where everything looks neat and tidy. Maybe it's a little bit more like a wild African garden where everything's chaotic, but it's beautiful in and of itself. There's this sense of abiding, sitting with your back against a tree and just looking up at the beauty of it all and soaking it in where we are not in control, but the forest kind of goes crazy on us. This is the first metaphor that has helped me as I try to cultivate an awareness of God's presence is to think of it like a wild garden. And this is precisely why I think the, the critical reason why we need a community uh, to do it with because it's not about walking through the garden and getting from point A to point B, uh, but it's about journeying in that garden together. My family and I, we were just in Cathedral Grove uh, on the island together, and the, the goal of getting, going to Cathedral Grove was not to get to the end of Cathedral Grove. The goal of, getting, of being in Cathedral Grove was just to be in Cathedral Grove as one of the oldest forests and just to look at these massive trees and enjoy the garden and each other together. You can go to the next slide. And maybe this is what Paul, actually, I'll give you a second because I'm taught that having slides up and talking over them, not about the slides, is a poor thing to do. So <laughs> this is a quote from Henry now, and I've been kind of diving into his books lately. Um, I think this is sort of what he's getting at, or to me, when I read his books and I think about the garden and this idea of presence and listening and slowing down, because when you're in the garden, if you're loud and you have your AirPods in, you're not going to hear the voices in that garden. Maybe this is what Paul seems to be saying to the Athenians uh, in his scripture that says, all can seek the deity, feeling their way towards God and succeeding in finding God. For God is not far from any of us, since it is in God that we live and move and have our being. I think that is a really needed piece of theology today. So let's do some banging on the piano together. Um, we're going to do, uh, I think, a little bit of worship. No, we're going to go into an exercise right away. Uh, I want us to get into some groups. We'll, I'll explain it, and then we'll go into groups. Um, and I want these to be, I want kids and uh, adults paired together. I don't want just like, oh, this family is here, so therefore they will talk amongst themselves. We do want some mixing up happening. And to start, I just want us to talk to each other. Um, how do we hear from God? How have you heard from God? This doesn't need to be... You know, I sit amongst a rock and wait for the voice. Just how do you hear God? There's no right answer. Sorry, I am the worst with microphones. Um, how do you hear from God? For kids, uh, one way that I talk to my kids about it is what are some of the things you think, I'm not sure why that's, what are some of the things um, that you think makes God happy or gives God joy? I might be switching over to the, I'm going to shut that off.
some of the things that you think make God happy, uh, bring God joy. And if that's still too vague of a question, what are some of the things that you think make you, what are some of the things that make you happy, bring you joy? So that's another way to look at it for the children amongst us and the adults amongst us, let's be honest. Um, and then if somebody in that group wants to share a story of, of how they, they hear from God or how they have heard from God, we'll, we'll get into vulnerability in a second, but that's a, it's a great way to kind of break the ice. And then some of the hindrances, what kind of prevents you from hearing from God uh, for children? Uh, actually, the first question that came to mind when I was thinking of reframing this for kids was, what makes it hard to stay in church? Um, but, uh, and that might be true, right? Listening to a middle-aged white guy talk on and on. Uh, but it, what, what do you think makes God upset? It was a way that my kids and I have been talking about it. What do you think makes God upset? Uh, what are some of the ways that, that distract us from hearing from God? So if we could break into small groups, like eight or ten, and, you know, we're, we're going to have to use some space to keep distances. I realize this is going to be tough. Link to, um, we're going to speak about vulnerability in a second, but if there would be anybody who would be willing to share from their group some of the ways they um, hear from God here, uh, just to encourage the body that they have heard from Jesus, heard from God. Um, and I'll repeat it into the mic so you don't have to, I don't have to run a mic. I'll repeat that. Art stories, children, community. Creation, yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat that to, to, um, to ensure that those online and others can hear. So the first person in Peter's group said, you know, being up at camp and kind of reconnecting in that sense and disconnecting um, from, from other things uh, was a way to hear God. And then Peter asked, um, one of the children, what makes God happy? And they had replied, sorry, I'm supposed to speak over this. They had replied, um, when we're satisfied with what we have. And the, the other, uh, what makes God uh, unhappy? Or, uh, and the child had replied with, uh, when we're greedy. The child in our group said, uh, Sonic, so. <laughs> Uh, the child in our group had said, Sonic makes God happy. So let's just all keep it balanced. Sonic the Hedgehog. It's a TV show. Sorry. Uh, I was getting blank stares. Now I've lost the room. We can go to the next slide on mine. Um, the, the second platform at, that I kind of land with is and, and why you hear, or if those who are my friends hear me speak on the, the next slide, I'm not seeing up there, but that's okay, uh, is, is that listening to God and, and, and even just being aware of, of his presence. Oh, it is. Oh, sorry. Uh, the next one. I just, I was... Previous one. Oh, previous one. Sorry. Previous. There we go. James Taylor. It's a little bit like James Taylor. No. Um, it's a bit of a muscle. It's a practice. I actually, it's a, it's a thing we can develop in community. I don't think it's something that an elect few are born with. I think it's something that we get to develop together, myself included. Um, James Taylor wrote Fire and Rain probably in a spark of creativity uh, and a spark of vulnerability. Um, but then 
you want to ask him if he feels that creativity and vulnerability the 7,000th time that he has to go out on stage and perform that, and I doubt he would say yes. But he shows up. He shows up to do it, and I'm not elevating James Taylor, I could care less. But the, the concept of the metaphor here is that I think um, the muscle that we develop here is to show up to our community, to offer what we have, uh, to be vulnerable with one another. It's not a muscle that we develop in the same sense of like, we just work hard. The muscle that we develop is the muscle of showing up in vulnerability to one another and to presenting ourselves and trusting that God is going to do something. And so that's the metaphor with James Taylor. It's, it's, um, we can fall into the trap that listening and practicing the presence of God is, is just some way reserved for the spiritual elite or when we're feeling it. And, and, and I think for sure there's some level of like, hey, I'm, I'm in a right place or whatever. But I, I think more importantly, it's something about showing up and it's a posture. Um, I think that as we, these are baseline exercises. I just took a note here and I'm going to actually read it. But these are baseline exercises that we work and grow out with one another as sort of like muscles. Some would call these maybe um, spiritual muscles. And then as we do that, um, maybe spiritual gifts come out of that. Prophecy, teaching, exhortation, leadership, all of these spiritual gifts that are talked about in the Bible. But if we get these baseline present, these baseline things like learning how to show up to one with one another in vulnerability to practice you know, the presence of God, practice listening together. Um, I think these things happen as we carve out time to be without technology, carve out time in silence and solitude, um, carve out time to, to just welcome the Lord amongst us and wait. If we're not banging on the piano of, of listening prayer as a fundamental exercise or banging on the piano of being together and waiting on God, I don't know how the other stuff will get any easier. Um, maybe this is what, what it says, when, what, what, what it means with follow or serve the Lord with your whole heart, whole soul, whole mind, and whole strength requires showing up. And I think sometimes we let each other off of the hook, so to speak, by saying, I'm not feeling it. And I get it. I really do. Um, but the feeling it part, I think, is just being able to say, I'm not feeling it, and I'm vulnerable, and I need my community to listen for me. That, that idea of lighting incense, is sort of the, the metaphor, is sort of true. Just to show up and say, I'm not feeling it, is an act of vulnerability. And that is, I think, what the Lord is asking of us and asking of one another. Uh, that's the kind of muscle that we need to develop as a community. Oh, sure. Sorry, I'll repeat what Fred said. Uh, I'm, I'm learning this. Um, you know, Fred highlighted that, that idea of, of the commitment to come, even if you're not feeling it, and then seeing how God has weaved together the speaking, the songs, the, the the sharing, and all of that stuff, so that you your your spirit is lifted. And I think um, I, I just would affirm that as well. Um, so I'll, I'll clarify what Don Don is asking. So he's asking, is it about spiritual disciplines, which is you know all of the stuff from the. That's a terrible way to phrase all the stuff from the 80s because we've done away with it now. And <laughs> uh, no, uh, the spiritual disciplines, or is it about coming together? And I think it's both. And I think it's about there is something to be said about showing up, but show, showing up. I think I'm using it as a broad term, showing up in spiritual disciplines and being silent with the Lord. For me, that's about all the muscle I have these or 
Sometimes that's about all the muscle I have is to show up and be silent for 10 minutes and wait on the Lord. Sometimes the only muscle or the, the strength I have is to show up at Emmanuel and sit and wait and be present with God. And, and then I'm also saying and be okay with that and be okay in my vulnerability and, and to be okay in community and say, I need others to listen if I'm not feeling spiritual, whatever that means, right? And I mean that sincerely, whatever, whatever we want to put as a definition of that. So I am saying there is a level to which there's a discipline, but the discipline is not necessarily in forcing God to speak to me. The discipline is in committing to these practices, uh, in, in, yeah, in committing to these practices. It's not in strong-arming God to speak to us. Our role here is to show up, as a, uh, to, uh, maybe I'm using the wrong words, but our role here is to show up in these practices, in these disciplines as a community of faith, uh, as people together, um, and that's our part. That's a perfect word, and it's an intentionality. Yeah, I love this. Somebody else could give this talk, too. No, yeah, it's an intentionality is what Steph said here, and I think that's actually a, a, probably a better word than showing up because it, the intentionality says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait on God. And the flip side of that, that I didn't write here, but I heard in my group that I want to mention, is that's, that's our rule. And there can be a lot of shame in this topic because if we have our side... People go, well, I didn't hear from God, or my expression of hearing from God didn't look like the Pentecostal movement. It didn't start speaking in tongues, right? And, and we can apply shame on that. And, and because of shame, we can just avoid the topic altogether, which is also not, I think, an appropriate response. This is now totally off script. But if we can remember that our role, our intentionality, our is, is to not abandon these disciplines, not abandon the showing up in vulnerability and in, in these disciplines, or whatever word we want to use here, um, and then to let the Lord work and to, to be as a community where we don't have to feel shame about that. To, we don't have to feel shame about where we're at and how the Lord is speaking through that. Right? But God does that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just repeat that also for online uh, but, and for others in the room. But we show up for others. And our, even whether that's singing or literal physical presence, like our physical being here, um, I think has a has a role too, for sure. The final, um, the final platform that I'm going to use and, and speak to before we dive into some more exercises together, then um, this has been probably the most powerful one for me personally, and this talk is not about me, but it, I'm, I was just trying to make this as practical as I could for myself, if anything. <laughs> um, I speak for selfish reasons. Um, uh, that tuning into God's voice is, is, is like a radio. Um, God is always speaking. And as we grow and learn and, and just if move through life, we learn how to tune into that radio. Um, it's not a magic process. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a process. Um, we learn how to block out other noises. And we learn the difference between listening and hearing. We learn the differences between having music on in the background, so to speak, to run that metaphor. Like, yeah, God's speaking, God's speaking. And then we learn the dis difference between no, I'm going to sit and I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to write down what he's speaking. I'm going to write down that experience and I'm going to share that with a friend in vulnerability. Um, and I'd invite you to explore what does God as a radio, God speaking as a radio look like in your life and how do I tune into that? And again, not letting shame or uh, guilt go, uh, I'm not good enough to tune into that uh, because I think that's where, where we often stop 
I'm not Christian enough to, you know, to hear that radio voice. Um, part of that, and I, for me at least, looks like abiding and exploring that word. What does abiding mean? And I think principally what we're talking about here are practices um, and the presence of God. And if you don't know that book, <laughs> uh, that is actually a title of a, of a fantastic book to start with. Um, it's practices, one that waits, that watches, that listens, that looks for, that abides for that holy other, rather than one that starts with talking. Yeah. Sad. But Angela said that, you know, taking time out in nature when she's confused or trying to sense direction to find silence and solitude, which I would agree, or, or it's not about me agreeing, uh, <laughs> I, would, I would also identify with. And, and it comes less as a direction, you know, take this road, Angela, and more about an affirmation of who she is. Um, I was in a bad not necessarily in a great place anxiety-wise on Thursday prepping for this. And, and it took me to a point of pausing and looking at what that core voice that I was listening to. And it wasn't, how do you structure your sermon, regrettably. And so if, if this sermon seems awful, you can blame God. Um, <laughs> Lord knows I will. But, um, you know, the, the core voice was more about belonging and more about God's depth of belonging that we have and his desire to communicate that. Um, so I just would affirm that. Um, if we go, go to the next slide, um, and this is more my big question to myself. You know, if we began first with the spiritual equivalent of walking in a forest, pausing to notice and abide, and then worked consistently out from there, um, how would that change things? And, and then my other question is, you know, I guess, how does our community evolve is the wrong word, but how does our community grow out from there? If we start from that sense, if we, if we grow these muscles, because I do believe we can grow and mature as a community. If we, if we do that, if we orient ourselves as a different way um, and we grow in these muscles, does our community grow differently? I don't know the answer to that, but I do want to ask kind of those scary questions. Um, and that's not me suggesting any, anything. That's just, a, that's just a question. I want to jump in again and, and bang the piano, uh, so to speak. Um, but I thought we could do some worship and then um, kind of spend some more time in, in listening together. Good morning, everybody. I'm going to totally abuse my previous position and just jump right up and start sharing. Um, to, to help Jeff's illustration with the radio, uh, anybody under 50 probably doesn't know that back in the day, you actually had to tune your radio. You didn't just go to your podcast. You didn't just go to your digital radio and it was there. You had to turn this dial and sometimes you could get the station in, sometimes you couldn't. And so to help with the metaphor, and you remember the, the pink radio that we had up there, that, that was the dial. And here, even when I don't see it, God's broadcasting. Even when I don't feel it, God's broadcasting. And if you then pull in the illustration of presence, you have to actually be there doing this. 
And sometimes you're not going to find the signal, but the signal's still there. And then sometimes you're going to get the signal, but it's staticky and it's weird, and you go, but it's there. And so by being attentive, by being present, by being intentional, then if we keep at it, we may go long periods and all we're getting is static. But God's still broadcasting. If we stick with it, we'll find it. Um, I was asking God how to kind of bring this home and um, that abide sense is really strong with me this week. So what I'd like to do is I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. I'm going to read a passage of scripture and then we're going to just walk through a really a few exercises together that are pretty, I hope, um, I guess I just, I hope they're not just, let me grab a stool. I feel less authoritative. Um, I hope they're not, you know, I think in structuring this, and I just so appreciate people's comfort in in sharing, um, because what an awful way to structure a service if it's some guy from up front talking down to people about how to listen. Like, that's just not, it, it just seems weird. So I really appreciate the interaction. I really do. So thank you for sharing um, and sticking your hand up. Um, and I hope these are not just exercises for the sake of exercises, I guess is what I wanted to get out. So let me read a verse over us and let's walk through some things here. This is from John 15. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch that and withers, and my and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This, by this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved you, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my father's, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Father, I pray that you would give us now just an image of us abiding in you. Jesus, I just pray that you would show us maybe yourself, not maybe, I pray that you would show us yourself in our lives.
I pray that you would show us where you are in our lives right now. May you give us maybe an image of you physically or as a friend or whatever that looks like in our lives. Father, I pray that you would show us how that branch might be weaving through ECC. What are you doing as a branch in ECC that we might be connected? And then where is that branch going in and through Steveston, throughout, I don't know, the lower mainland, Lord? How can we abide in you as this branch grows? And Father, now I just ask for a name. I pray specifically that you would give us a name that we would, um, yeah, I just pray for a name that we could pray for. That you would stir compassion up for one person or a few people in our hearts right now. And then Jesus, I ask that you would show us now how we can further up. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Abide in me, and I in you. May we abide in you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, go ahead. Do you want to speak into the mic if you'd like? If you don't want Hi, I'm Valerie. I'm still kind of new here, so hello. Um, I guess I was just thinking, I just had this image in my mind because yesterday there was just kind of this like illustration that God showed me. Um, so on Friday evening, I, we had a big party at our house as we're home learners and we had a bunch of our home learner friends and we had a big party and it and all day long, me and my kids just worked to get the house clean, to get everything ready. And it was really beautiful to all come together and work like that. Because now my kids are at the age that they actually can follow directions to do things like that. Uh, but anyways, so it was, it, was, it was beautiful. It was a fun event. But of course, we were all exhausted the next day. And we, uh, me and my daughter, who were, we were doing most of the work, we slept in. And then... Uh, we had a friend over who she's like a family friend that comes often and we were just sitting in the living room and at all we had all this food that was prepared because leftovers from the party and i just this feeling of i, I was thinking of that song you know god has never stopped working and i think sometimes like especially north american culture we can think of this like hard hard work and god is not afraid of hard work god is a hard worker but i also think that god just he's that vine he's existing it's not always that he is like grinding right but that um that he is on the move at all times uh i think of like aslan right aslan is on the move he is moving he's not necessarily oh and, and i just think to me it was such this perfect rest because we were there with a family friend and we were sitting in the living room and i thought we were all just talking there was no radio, no TV, nothing. We were just talking and enjoying. And I was thinking how rarely I actually enjoy my living room because I'm usually cooking, cleaning, uh, changing diapers, this kind of thing. And how often I don't get to just rest. And it was just this beautiful, like, I didn't have to think about lunch. I could just warm things up. And, and 
um, now I know why the, the Jewish people fought so hard for the Sabbath, right? Well, I think we need to fight for our Sabbath. We need to fight for that rest. And even if that means we have to do some hard work to get it, it's so worth it to be able to rest and abide in Christ. And so that's just my prayer that, that, that God would be, that you would see that God is not, yeah, it's always the hard laborer, but also just moving in peace so that we can rest. Um, yeah, thank you for participating this morning. I think Valerie actually kind of summed up what I wanted to share. I had a few s titles for this morning in my mind, and one of them was um, A Different Way to Begin. And um, hopefully we've talked a little bit about A Different Way to Begin. This is a little bit like cracking the door open on other ways of, of walking with Jesus, walking with Christ. Um, um, Valerie shared about fighting for our Sabbath, and that indeed is it, it, this kind of the, the word I don't love, spiritual disciplines, but actually um, the translation of discipline in, um, I forget his name, oh, uh, one of the, anyways, a Benedictine, uh, St. Benedict, anyways, one of the monks who wrote, uh, wrote a book that I've been enjoying, now I can't forget, remember the name, translation of uh, discipline is, is to listen. And, uh, and so it's, it's, not, uh, it's not an accident that um, we form these disciplines. It's not an ac accident that we step into these disciplines. And I think the discipline or the rhythms are to, to become people who posture ourselves towards listening in a, in a world that is very, very noisy. And so it's been a joy to, to do that and to workshop that through with one another. How do we listen well in a noisy world? And I'm so grateful for this community that wants to do that together. Um, and I look forward to continuing to listen together, in a, uh, to be a community that can listen well together in a noisy world. So let me just pray as we head out.